0: Uh, I'm going to preach 1 Peter chapter 4, the last three verses. I heard that when the pandemic started, you were not able to do this, this, this passage. And I, I did 1 Peter in the middle of the pandemic. And it was a lot of encouragement for our church, uh, especially in, in a church, in a world that is becoming more hostile toward the church. The, the, the words of 1 Peter are, are very timely for the church. So let's pray and, and, and move forward with the preaching of the Word of God. Lord, we come to you and we want to see Jesus. Oh Lord, please, Holy Spirit, allow us to see our Savior through this passage, and that we will be able to be transformed by the preaching of your Word and by seeing the, the glory of our Savior, and that we will be able to respond as a community, to love each other and interconnect between each other, especially in these times. For your glory, Lord, in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So as you know, First Peter, this church in Asia Minor is being... Uh, it's not the persecution of the, like, like the, the super strong persecution that it was later on for the church, but it was this hostility toward them that they were losing privileges in society. And I think we can all relate to that, or we can see some of the culture moving in that way. And you see Peter not coming and saying to them, don't worry, things will get better. Peter points to an inheritance. Peter points to this will be momentary. This will not be forever. We can do it for the glory of God. As we have a hope for the future, and not only a hope for the future, we have the nearness of Jesus now to to strengthen us in this time. And in in First Peter, uh, uh, chapter, I'm preaching chapter five, not chapter four. Uh, uh, he he's, he he ends off with this doxology that he's saying he will he will re- he will keep us. He will sustain us to oh, he be all glory and all honor because he's the one that during the hostility can make us go toward the end. And then there's these three verses that usually we tend to skip those verses. Usually those greetings and the farewells we don't pay that much attention, but I think first Peter Peter was not just putting them. He he wants to teach us that in this time that we are exiles and we feel the hostility of the world we need to be interconnected to the church we need to be interconnected to our local church and we need to be interconnected to other churches i ran a marathon in like six seven years ago i ran my first marathon and when you're going to run 26 miles you need somebody to tell you before you start running you need somebody to tell you you're going to hit the wall You need somebody that has run a marathon before to tell you there's going to be a moment, usually mile 21 or mile 22, that you will feel that you cannot take another step. So you need to train physically, but you also need to train mentally for that moment to say, okay, I train, I can take another step. I can keep going. So when you are in the world, we're going to hit the wall. And that wall of suffering is going to come and we're going to feel it. And we need people... That have told us before, you know, even though we are in Christ, we're going to hit a wall of suffering at some point. But we don't only need that person that kind of telling us that this is going to happen. And we see this in First Peter. We need pastors. So we need like a coach that is coaching on during those moments. But you also need people that run the race with you. And you need people that are encouraging you through the race. During the Charleston Marathon that I ran, These three dear people were in different places during the race and I put them in specific places that I knew my emotions were going to be kind of weak. You get weak, you are uh, deprived of uh, carbohydrates and you start like thinking crazy things. Your body's not like functioning well. So they were in specific places and they were specifically in mile 21. I knew I was going to be in the middle of the wall and I wanted to see them I wanted them to give me some Gatorade, but I wanted to see them and I said, I need to finish this to see them at the finish line. So seeing them was an encouragement. The same thing in our walk as believers. We're running this marathon and we're going to hit the wall of suffering. We're going to feel like we cannot take another step and we need we need the encouragement of people that are telling us you can get to the finish line. Let's run together. The Christian line is like this life is like this running a marathon. And we're going to hit the wall of suffering. But we can get to the finish line together when we are interconnected with the body of Christ. Brother and sister, we were not created to live alone. We were created to live in community, in fellowship with God and in fellowship with the people of God. And we, as we become more human when we see the perfect human, Jesus Christ, and we see that he gave his life to serve so that we could be a community. So as we look at him, we see the need that we are more human when we have community with one another. And during this time of the pandemic, I think we can be tempted to dehumanize ourselves, to become isolated, to not have community, to not have times of fellowship. And I know this can look differently during this time, but we need to know that during the suffering, during this time, more than ever, we need to be interconnected with the body of Christ. We see in the book of Hebrews that the church was tempted to leave the race. And we see that the author of Hebrews tells them there's a cloud of witnesses kind of cheering you on and that's what we need at this time of suffering that many of us are suffering with having Christmas, maybe with, with, not with our loved ones or the separation of, of, of people or just the, how long this is going on. It seems like when you see the light of the end of the tunnel and a new strength come or something new is coming and we need the encouragement of the people of Christ to get to the finish line. Each Sunday's Runners that are tired come to church, and we need to be there to encourage each other with the gospel, with the hope that we have, that we can make it to the finish line. So brothers and sisters, in times of suffering, we need to be interconnected with the body of Christ. Let's read God's Word, First Peter chapter 5, verses 12 to 14. Of God. We we live we live in times that identity is everything. People are trying to find individual identity to then cannot become to a group of people that give their identity. I'm seeing this. This is what's kind of happening. You have to find your individual identity, which is usually something that has to do with sex. And your identity is based on what is your sex. So then, when you find that individual identity, you can become part of a bigger group that can affirm the identity that you have chosen from inside of you. And there's something correct in a way, in the sense that we are created to be part of a group. But really, we're created to have identity in Christ, so then we can be part of the body of Christ. So instead of looking identity in ourselves, we believers find identity in the person of Jesus Christ, and then we find this group of people in the body of Christ. So when we are walking in difficult times, more than ever, we need our identity affirming Jesus, and we need to be part of the body of Christ. And these are times that we more than ever did need this. In the time of the pandemic, I don't know if you, have, you see what happened to Tim Chalice. That he lost his son. In, he's, a, he's a pastor in Toronto. He lost his son in, in Louisville. And when he came back to Toronto, he had to uh, quarantine for 14 days. And he talked about the cruelty of the pandemic in the sense he's like, right now, I need the body of Christ more than ever, and I cannot be with them. We need the body of Christ. And we need to remind ourselves how much we need it. So in times of suffering, we need to be interconnected with the body of Christ. Point number one of five, don't worry. i not going to be that long. Fellowship based on grace. We need fellowship based on grace. By Silvanus, a faithful brother, as I regard him, I have written briefly to you, exhorting and declaring, That this is the true grace of God. Stand stand firm in it. You see, when we are saved by grace, united is Christ, we care about each other. We have to care about each other. And you see here, Silvanus saw that the churches in Asia Minor, something was happening, and they needed encouragement. Something was happening there that he saw the churches needed encouragement. What he did? He he talked Peter. He, he got involved. He didn't say, well, that's a problem. They can figure it out. You know, I don't need to get involved with that. He saw that those churches had issues. And he says, a fa- by Silvanus, a faithful brother, as I regard him, I have written briefly to you. Silvanus contacted Peter and said, Peter, they need to hear the gospel. Write to them. Write to them, remind them, because I can see that they're running the race, they're hitting the wall, and they are kind of struggling. They need to hear the truth of the grace of God. And that's the important thing about being part of Interconnected with the Body of Christ. We just don't come to church to receive like some kind of energy or to get our batteries charged. We come to care for each other. We come to see each other, and we're seeing who is coming to walk in like this to church on Sunday, and we say, that brother needs an encouragement. Somebody has to talk to him. Who is missing? Who hasn't been coming? What is the reason? We need to get involved, even if sometimes people don't want us to get involved, because we love them so much, we get involved. Silvano saw something, called Peter, and Peter's Dude, I'm busy. No, you need to remind the grace of God. You need to do something. And, brothers and sisters, we need to get involved. We need to get involved in each other's life. We need to be watching each Sunday how we come, how we're acting, what's going on. As Devon mentioned, uh, I, 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 I praise God for your church. But one of the main reasons is the care I received from Larry and Devon. It just has been an encouragement during times that I am the one struggling. I'm hitting the wall, and I know there's faithful brothers that will point me to the truth of the gospel, that need to get involved in my life, that need to tell me things that I don't want to hear at that moment, but I need to hear. We walk together, and we need each other. And he's saying exhorting and declaring that this is the true grace of God. You see, in times of suffering we just don't tell people things are going to get better. What we tell them is we declare the grace of God for all of them. What is going to sustain us in times of need is not the company of people, it's that people sharing the good news of the gospel to us. Company is good, But what we need is to speak the truth to each other. We need to be like Sylvanus. We need to care enough to be a pest. To be sometimes unwelcome. To be sometimes kind of like uh, difficult to other people. Leave me alone. No, I want you to listen that the grace of God will be able to sustain you. So my question to you, are you thinking about others during the pandemic? Are you thinking... How this is affecting their soul? Are you thinking if some of them need to listen, that the grace, true grace of God is, can sustain them? Because if we want to stand firm, as verse 12 says, I have written briefly to you, exhorting and declaring that this is the true grace of God. stand firm in it. When we hit the wall. When we feel we cannot continue, the only way we can continue is being firm in the truth of the gospel. It's knowing what the things that Peter has said before. We have an inheritance. We have a finish line. Let's get there. Let's get together there. Let's run together. Sometimes maybe it can feel like we are coming a little bit backward. Maybe we are losing some miles because we have to go and get somebody, but that's part of what the body of Christ does. We're going to get there, and we're going to get together. And this is a time that we need more than ever the body of Christ to care for each other, to pick up somebody that maybe is lagging behind, that maybe he's limping, maybe he's not feeling that he's going to make it. We need to be like Silvanus and get in the life of other people. We need to remind them that we can stand firm by the true gospel of Jesus Christ which give us the grace to continue to run the race. So brothers and sisters, in the middle of our lives, busy as they are in Montgomery County, there's so much to do. We need to remember that God saved us by grace to stand firm, but he did it to be interconnected, to care for each other, and that we need that care, and we need to care for other people. So, in times of suffering, we need to be interconnected with the body of Christ. Point number two, fellowship with the ones in exile. So he's, he's saying we need to care for these people by the grace of God. We need to have fellowship with the ones in exile. verse 13, She who is at Babylon, who is likewise chosen, sends you greetings. So the question is, who is this church in Babylon that Peter is talking about? Is this really a church in Babylon? I do believe that he's talking about all the church because we are all in Babylon. We are in exile. So in some ways, what he's saying is, you guys are not alone running the race and feeling like you're not going to make it everyone is in exile everyone is in Babylon and we're kind of like limping but we're going to make it to the finish line by the grace of God you are not alone when you feel like you're not going to make it because we are all in exile and there's this promise that Peter talks in chapter one of a future inheritance that's what we're going to we want to go because we, this is not our home Let me see how I say this. I don't want to offend anyone. At the end of the day, who governs our country is important, but it's not the most important. At the end of the day, we are exiled. And this is not our our ultimate home. And we have to make it to the finish line. It is important what happens in our communities. I'm not saying it's not important, but it's not the ultimate important. And even... Whatever happens in the future and doesn't happen, in some ways, we can be sure of something. We are going to make it to the finish line because this is exile, our home is in another place. And by the grace of God, the one that we just gave doxology in verses 10 and 11 is the one that is going to affirm us, sustain us, and to him be all glory. When you go to Cuba, been to Cuba like seven, seven times maybe, Something that sometimes you talk with the people of, of there is the people that have won a lottery. And this lottery is not a million dollar, it's not like the guy that comes with a big, chest, big check to your house. This lottery is winning the visa to come to the United States. And there's a yearly lottery that some people win that lottery. And it takes usually between a year or two years from the day you win the lottery to the time you get on that plane and arrive to the United States. But that moment that they tell you you win that already, your life changed. There's a a countdown to when you're going to get out of the country and come to have freedom in the United States. We are in a similar situation. We already won that visa. We are in EXA. We are just waiting for that moment. We're just counting down for the moment that we're going to be in our home, which is with him for all eternity forever. So in some ways, we are set with all the church, and we're just waiting for that moment, and that moment is coming, and you know something It's coming faster than what we think. So we are all running this race. We are chosen by the grace of God. And that's one of the things that I love about being part of sovereign grace, is that we can care for other fellow exiles in other places and encourage them to continue to run the race, either in Costa Rica either in Colombia, either in, in Bolivia, either in Mexico, either here in the United States, in the Philippines. That's what we're doing. We are all in exile, and we're just reminding each other we're running this way, but we have been chosen by God, and we're going to make it to the finish line. So let's run this race together. So in times of suffering, we need to be interconnected with the body of Christ. So we suffer together. We're all in exile. We're running this race. Point number three, it's a fellowship that is based on redeeming grace. It's a redeeming fellowship. And so does Mark, my son. There's few characters in the Bible that has such a deep effect on me than John Mark. He always get me, John Mark. You guys know in Acts, uh, Peter, or Barnabas, they go on a trip, they take John, Mark, And your Mark abandoned them, and then Paul didn't want to have anything to do with him. He abandoned them, and he said, and when they were going to get together in another time, Paul tells to to Barnabas, I'm not going if he's going, because he already abandoned us. And Barnabas is saying, let's give him a chance. And he said that it was such a, a fight or a discussion between them that they took separate ways. You know what affected me about your Mark? That wasn't the last thing that was written about him in the Bible. He wrote the Gospel of Mark. He was a, a, a close companion of Peter. Paul, three times, in Colossians 4, in 2 Timothy 4, and in, Philippe, in, in Philemon 24, talked highly about John Mark. So the thing is, relationships get broken in this race. Maybe sometimes we hit the wall and we kind of like react in different ways, and that can bring relational uh, brokenness. Is that correct? Hallelujah. Relation of <laughs> brokenness. That's not the end of the story. That's not the end of the story. And maybe some of you and I know some stories well from 2011 and things like that. I want to tell you that's not the end of the story. The grace of God for believers is greater than offenses here on earth. And there's always hope for reconciliation. And there's always hope for reunification, when we are motivated by grace, when we see each other as fellow exiles that are running the race. So don't give hope with all friends that are no longer close to you. The gospel is greater. And you may feel that it's almost impossible. The gospel is greater. And even sometimes you feel that we're not. You know what? if they are true believers, we are interconnected in the body of Christ. So if there's any relationship strained with people in the body of Christ, that's not the last that is written off. The same way as John Mark was able to uh, experience restoration with Paul, we can have restoration with other people. And we need to pray and be leaning forward to that restoration if that is to happen. We need to be in a position that if the, if the person that we have relational with say, I, I want to restore, say, I'm ready. I'm ready because I'm being already in the gospel, motive, uh, thinking about us and, 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 and wanting to restore this relationship. I, uh, in our church, we are three families that came from the church in Ashburn. We were part of the church in Ashburn. And one family remained in the church in Ashburn. Bob Donahue's church, you know, Ashburn, Virginia. So uh, in the middle of this homeschooling totally white church and it was very homeschooling. It was when there were some people that we were like whoa. (laughs) Uh, We homeschool now, but back then I was like, whoa, what's that? Uh, There's these four Puerto Rican couples in the middle of that church that we became like family. We were very close together. Almost 20 years of relationship. Kathy has been in some of the delivery rooms of some of these ladies. We have cried. We have laughed. But you know what we have done? We have sinned against each other. And I'm not saying this lightly. And there have been serious (laughs) sin between each other. And the reason we are still such Close together is because of the power of the gospel that we know that even we can have moments of sin against each other, the gospel is greater than that. And that has to be something that needs to be real if we are going to relate and interconnect with each other. It's not this situation that you say, well, I'm a sinner, you need to accept me like I am. It's different. You need to have that disposition toward others and extend grace and mercy toward those that sin against you and be able to walk together the race and don't be surprised that sometimes people will sin against you inside the body of Christ again I'm not giving permission go ahead and sin against each other but we have the grace of God knowing that we can restore our relationship even though when situations come that, that can be different right now even the mass can be different or the pandemic, or like the, or preference, or Fauci, or the vaccine, or whatever. And people have, can have different strong opinions. The gospel is greater than that. The gospel can bring us together in the middle of those situations. And we can die to self so that we can walk and run the race together toward the finish line. Like seven years ago, there was somebody in our church. That came and he was part of our church and all of a sudden there was a lot of relational uh, pain that Kathy and I experienced because of that. I'm not going to go into detail, but something happened that I thought that I never was going to happen to me in my ministry life. That person in front of me, he acknowledged that he was doing things on purpose to hurt me. It really was. I was like, I never thought that. I, I was giving him the benefit of the doubt that we were having just, but he told me, no, I'm on purpose. I'm trying to hurt you. And I'm not going to say how that ended, but I remember after that conversation coming to Kathy and saying, well, uh, this person was in an evil way trying to do things to harm me. But the next thing I told Kathy was, we cannot allow that to define the other relationship that we have in the church. We cannot make other people pay for his mistakes and sins. We need to keep our hearts open, and there may be another person that come and do the same thing, but the gospel gives us hope for restoration, and gives us hope for for uh, him to be able to take care of us in during those times. So as John Mark was restored, Paul needed to give him, he gave him a chance knowing that maybe this guy will who kind of like quit again on us. And that has to be our disposition toward others in the gospel. We need to be extending grace and extending kindness and opening our hearts, even if that will put us in a vulnerable position that people can sing against you against us. Sin not singing, but sin sinning. Thank you. <laughs> in times of suffering. <laughs> We need to be interconnected with the body of Christ. We walk together in the exile. The gospel defines our relationship. Point number four is that fellowship that shows love. Verse 14. Greet one another with the kiss of love. So Peter did not have to deal with COVID. That's for sure. In, actually, in Hispanic circles, we kind of kiss each other and I'm kind of like discovering that because of we live in an over-sexualized world right now. I think the point that Peter wants to bring is that there has to be real warmth within the body of Christ. We need to really care for each other. We, even if it's a fist pump, if what you feel comfortable is doing the elbow thing right now, it's not going through the emotions. It's really showing, even if you're just showing your eyes, with your eyes, I care for you. I love you. Because we are connected by something deeper. We are in exile. Our identity is not what we are or what we do. Our identity is what Jesus did for us on the the cross. And that defines us. And you are part of me in a way that is uh, above all that I think. So we are together in Christ. So I care for you. One of the things that I love about traveling to other countries is having deep relationship with people that you just met. You just met them, and like 24 hours, we're like best friends. And we're opening our because there's something deeper that we know that Christ did that we are more united than even with some blood-relative members. So we care about each other. Silvanus showed that kind of care. He didn't only show it with a greeting with a kiss. Don't greet me with a kiss. That would be the end of you, but... But by having this warmth and care for each other actually part of showing to churches sunday is telling to other people i care for you i love you i want to worship together as we are the temple so we are a family purchased with price we love and care for each other and i think in in, in the reform community sometimes we are more concerned about having certain distinctives that about being a community. I'm not saying those distinctives are not important, let it be the nine marks or whatever. But we need to be a community. We need to construct a people that care for each other and love each other. In times of suffering, we need to be interconnected with the body of Christ. We are together, we're in exile, by grace, showing love, Point number 5 this is a fellowship that gives us identity peace to all of you who are in Christ in the midst of suffering in the midst of where we are living in the midst of people that cannot come because of the pandemic how can we have peace the church in asia minor has significant suffering they were going through difficult times and they were able to find peace in the one that is peace. We can find peace in the person of Jesus Christ. When our identity is in Christ, that allows us to suffer for his glory as our identity is in him and not in worldly peace or temporary peace. We can be at peace because peace himself is with us. We can be at peace Because the one that can only bring peace is inside of us. You see, peace here is not the peace that sometimes we think. Sometimes peace we think about the ocean, a bad thing, and a piña colada. And sometimes we think that's peace. And that's not bad, but that's not peace. In the Bible, peace is wholeness. It's like a sense of completeness. And the only way we find that completeness, that wholeness, is when we are in Christ. Never divulge that peace with God is also fellowship with other believers. I don't think Peter is talking about peace here in this, uh, this passage that he's talking about loving each other with a kiss. Being together, being in exile, running the race together, doing all these things. At the end, he's saying, find peace in your identity in Christ, but that peace get live out in the community, in being together, in caring for each other, in knowing that we have each other's backs. So, what gives us identity? Right now, the world is telling us that identity is in the skin, of our, in the color of our skin. If we are white, we are oppressors. and we are not white, we are the, 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 the people that are oppressed. And at the end of the day, I'm not a Hispanic man. That's not my identity. I'm not a Hispanic man. I don't need to have a chip on my shoulder thinking that all white people are against me. Because I'm not a Hispanic man. That doesn't define me. I'm a newborn Christian that happened to be Hispanic. But that's not the primary thing. The primary thing is that Christ, the Lord, died on the cross for my sin, and so did to you. So we are brothers and sisters, and we run this race together. Doesn't matter if you're white, black, Chinese, Japanese, Caribbean, Jamaican, bro, whatever. Our identity is in Jesus Christ. Our DNA is Jesus. In 1 Peter 4, 18, it says that the righteous... It's currently safe. It's almost like, it's like we get saved by, by, the, by the teeth. How do you say that? Yeah, exactly. Them. Thank you very much. What does that tell us? We need all the help we can get. We, we cannot run this race alone. We need to open our lives and we need to care for each other. We need to come to church looking around and say who I'm going to care for today, who I'm going to encourage. You uh, kids, you know, preteens, almost teens, start making friendship with other kids in the church that will be not just to talk about video games or things like that, but start talking about spiritual things so you can encourage each other as you walk through adolescent time. Be intentional about building friendship with others. Younger adults or teenagers, look, look for the younger kids and be encouraging to them as they walk through the, the life of the believers. Be intentional about building those kind of relationships. Adults, you need to be intentional about building relationships with other people. It takes work. And in this busy life that we live, it takes work. It takes putting things on the calendar, it takes uh, cooking meals, it takes making phone calls, doing Zoom meetings, whatever it is. But we need each other. We are interconnected. In the marathon of life, we are going to hit the wall. We're going to hit that moment that we we think, I cannot make it to the finish line. I remember in my first marathon in, in Philadelphia, I stopped three times. And the three times I say, I'm not going to be able to make it. And then I thought of them. And then I thought of my friends mocking me. (laughs) 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 And somehow I, I did it for like another mile. And then I stopped again. And then there were people with like signs in the street of Philly and it's one, there's a sign that says, hit it for power and you cannot hear and see and you try to get encouragement from the crowd. If we're going to make it to the finish line, nobody make it by themselves. We need the body of Christ. We need to be interconnected. We need to know that we're in exile, that this is not our home and that we need encouragement from other people and we need to receive it and we need to give it. Because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we know we can make it to the, to the finish line. Let's care for each other because we are just not people in the same church. We're people that are part of the same body, the body of Christ. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your kindness, your mercy for this dear church. Thank you for how they model in many ways, caring for each other. Let it be in a way that is full of grace, full of kindness, for the good and benefits of each other for caring for each other to the finish line so that we can all make it at the end. That that day that we are in front of you, seeing your glory, we can look around and see brothers and sisters that we were able to encourage and they were able to encourage us and that we made it to the finish line together for your glory and to enjoy you you for eternity as you are our inheritance. In your name we pray, amen.